0: Afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour: Awakening Humanity. We are very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we have a wonderful show in store for you. Um, whether you're listening through the live stream or on our Facebook stream, ah, thank you, Kaiko, some early love from a listener. Um, she had a wonderful show just before ours. You should always try. I am popping at 11 a.m. on Thursdays just before my show to catch Kai's show, Our Daily Magic. That's a wonderful show. So, ready to get started? Of course, we start with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. I know you've been anxiously awaiting them all week long. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Ever wonder... What would make life's fleeting pain and sorrow totally and unquestionably worth it? How about living forever, wildly in love, and loved wildly? Yeah, baby, the universe. (laughs) We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. And again, you know, I did not cherry pick these. These are the quotes that came to my inbox this morning. They're always so apropos for uh, who are guests are and what our topic is for the day so yes the universe talking about you know what makes pain and sorrow worth it it's the knowing that this too shall change that we are eternal um, unending souls that regardless of what we feel in this moment that we will persist and survive and continue on past that pain And that once we get past that pain, that actually, you know, that pain, while it's very difficult to deal with and and it seems like in the moment, like it's unbearable, once we've allowed it and given space to it and opened up to it and moved forward from it, it actually can be very informative It actually has a lot of information in that pain that teaches us quite a lot about ourselves. So I know we have a tendency to feel like pain is something we don't want to feel, that we shut down to it. Uh, Pain is something that um, we always try to avoid. But actually, if instead of trying to avoid pain, if instead of trying to stuff it down and not feel it, if instead we just open up and be present to it, the more we're present to it fully, the faster and faster it dissipates. I once had a teacher who said that there is no pain so strong, and she was talking about the most painful emotions you can possibly imagine like you know losing a, a child or, or, or a lover that if you were not present to it for one week fully and this mean when she was talking present to it she was talking about unplug the phone pull down the curtains on the windows and just really be present to it that within seven days the feeling would lift now it's not easy to stay with it for 7 days. Um but it is very rewarding if we can. And again, we learn a lot about ourselves, about how strong we truly are, about who and what we truly are. And uh once we've gotten through it once, then we learn, you know what? I can deal with this. I can do this. I'm stronger than I give myself credit for and I can do it again if i need to not that i want to but if i need to so wonderful quote from the universe for today let's see what abraham has in store for us because others cannot vibrate in your experience they cannot affect the outcome of your experience they can hold their opinions But unless their opinion affects your opinion, their opinion matters not at all. A million people could be pushing against you and it would not negatively affect you unless you push back. That million people pushing against you are affecting their millions of vibrations. They are affecting what happens in their experience. They are affecting their point of attraction, but it does not affect you unless you push. Push against them Abraham. So I, we've had this quote probably not recently but I know I've had the, this quote or a similar quote in the past And really what Abraham is trying to say here and I really like this quote because it reminds us of our sovereignty. And we have a tendency to think, well, oh, this person did this, and, you know, that totally, you know, shook me up, and, oh, they shouldn't have done that, and it, uh, you know, knocked me down, and my frequency is low now, my vibration's not good. And the truth is, that's all nonsense. It, It may not seem like it in the moment, but the only reason why anybody else, what anybody else thinks, says, or does affects us is because we allow them to. It's because of the meaning we make behind them saying or doing what they did. The truth is we have 100% control over how we choose to respond to it. And we do not have to respond to what other people think, say, or do. We really don't. We can choose to walk away. We can choose to totally ignore them. We can choose to focus on how it can be a gift for us instead of a, a trial or tribulation. And that we actually have complete sovereignty over our frequency, our vibration, how we're feeling in the moment. You know, I I always like to say, you know, what, what somebody else thinks, says, or does is none of my business. What's going on inside of me is my business. How I'm choosing to interpret and make meaning from what's going on, that is my business. And what somebody else is doing, that's their stuff. That's not my stuff. Now, seeing how other people react, often they're reflecting back to us things that are going on inside of us. And sometimes it's things we don't want to see, and that's why it triggers us. But if instead of being angry or mad or sad, if instead we're just curious... And we ask, hmm, I wonder why this is showing up. I wonder why this person is being like this in front of me, especially when it is completely disproportionate to what's going on in the moment. You know, lots of times I I have clients who come to me and they're like, Sam, you know, I had this person the other day and all I did was this and they started screaming and yelling at me and usually I say back to them I go well is that appropriate for what happened and like no it wasn't and I said then it has absolutely nothing to do with you you know who knows maybe their somebody stepped on their foot on the subway that day maybe their dog you know bit them maybe their wife stole their lunch or their husband you know left the bed messy and so they were in a grumpy mood when somebody does something That is so disproportionate to what is going on in the moment. It has nothing to do with you. We do not have to let it affect us. You know, when it's completely disproportionate, it actually makes it much easier to sort of of say, okay, this doesn't have anything to do with me because this is completely ridiculous. When things are a little bit more uh, appropriate, that's a little bit tougher. That, you know, can be a little bit more difficult to navigate but still whatever somebody says whatever somebody does it's about them it's not about you and the only reason their experience is affecting us is because we're pushing back against it i don't want to see this i don't want to experience this they're wrong if we just stop making other people wrong and just say you know what It's their stuff. They're going through whatever they're going through. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what they're experiencing in the moment. Then we don't have to let it push us out of our own center. We don't have to allow it to affect our mood, our day. Now, look, is this easy? Not necessarily. It's a practice. It's like going to the gym. It's the kind of thing, you know, you don't start lifting the 250-pound weights right away. You start with the 5-pound weight and then the 10-pound weight and then the 20-pound weight, and you build up to it. So start with small things. Start, like, next time somebody is snippety with you, just say to yourself, that's their stuff, that's not my stuff. You know, next time somebody cuts you off in traffic that's their problem that's not your problem you don't have to yell at them you don't have to get angry at them you may choose to get angry at them but realize that that's a choice and you're choosing that choice you can always make a different choice it does not matter if a million people say you're wrong you're bad you're ugly you're fat you're stupid you can say oh well that's their opinion that's not my opinion And you do not have to give in to it. So two interesting and wonderful quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoyed them. And of course, next week we'll have two more quotes for you. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome my guest. And let me flip the camera around on our Facebook live stream. Oops. Come on, flip. And let me get her in the frame here so you all can see how beautiful and lovely my guest wow. is. And this is Adele Royce, author of the book, The Little Black Book of Suicide Notes. So what could make a person feel that they can no longer go on living? What would somebody think that? Why would somebody think that ending their life is the only option? In The Little Black Book of Suicide Notes, Adele presents a semi-fictional book inside the mind and heart of a tortured soul on the verge of ending her own life written as a suicide journal the little black book of suicide notes is a spiritual memoir that takes the reader on a journey of life death and rebirth drawing upon her own personal history of spirituality she is able to give a much deeper insight on a topic most people struggle to talk about and you know us here at the conscious consultant hour we love talking about taboo subjects. Adele attended the School of Visual Arts right here in New York City and has a degree in fine arts and English from uh, the City University of New York. My alma mater as well. (laughs) Uh, More than 10 years ago, she began studying under a uh, master teacher of Western spirituality and has been a student of Kabbalistic practice ever since. So you know she's our kind of people, right guys? (laughs) Oh, and thank you Joshua Shapiro for tuning in on the Facebook live stream. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Adele.
1: Thank you so much, Sam. That was quite an intro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you Quotes know, we, and all. And quotes and all, yes. It's, uh, you know, you got to set the tone right at the beginning.
1: Yes, and you certainly did.
0: Ah, thank you. So uh, uh, I'm just curious. How does somebody who graduates with uh, a degree in fine arts and uh, English end up writing a book about suicide? <laughs>
1: Interestingly enough. I think the story needed to be told ah. you know it's a subject that is taboo
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: subject that is very much not in the limelight it's yeah. kind of brushed under the uh the bed, the sofa behind the bureau, right. any place but where it's supposed to be in conversation right. And I think it's a story about life. You know, the book in of itself is a story about life, death, and rebirth.
0: Mm. The Little
1: Black Book of Suicide Notes is actually the first part of a planned trilogy.
0: And this
1: particular book is book one. Okay, And it takes you through... Does this mean I have to
0: have you back two more times on the show? (laughs) Two more times at (laughs) least, yeah. (laughs) Although this
1: conversation could probably go on forever.
0: Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) So,
1: the book is uh, based uh, on fiction mm-hmm. it's uh life experience you know most people ask me they say how much of it is fact how much of it is fiction mm-hmm. you know and i think that basically it's a little bit of both
2: mm. i've had
1: a history of as i would probably say most people have or i shouldn't be that proactive maybe no. some people have um, Of studying themselves, studying life, and actually find out what the purpose of living is, what they're actually doing here. Hmm. And I think I kind of questioned that in myself and went through a period, I would say, of a bit of darkness Ah. and decided that there was a way to come out of it. Okay. And that darkness brought me into a period of light.
0: All right. Wonderful. So I want to stop you there. And I I have tons of questions for you, (laughs) but we're going to take a quick break first. When we come back, I want to find out just a little bit about sort of your spiritual background, um, who it was that you studied under and how you got into the Kabbalah and uh, how that kind of fed into your writing of the book, okay?
1: Wonderful conversation. Uh,
0: Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is author Adele Paula Royce, and we'll be right back.
1: 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're talking with author Adele Paulo Royce. Quick shout out to my Facebook live stream peeps. Thank you, Helen and Nancy, for tuning in as well. Always good to see you. And for those watching on the Facebook live stream, know that you can always put comments in. We'll see those comments. And, uh, you know, you can ask questions that way. Or if you want to ask questions, you can call in at 877-480-4120. So, Adele, on uh, your bio, it says you, you studied under a master teacher of Western spirituality. So who exactly was that? And how did you happen to come across them?
1: Interestingly enough, it's Dr. Gerald Epstein. Ah. And Dr. Epstein is a practitioner here in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he is my spiritual teacher. He actually wrote the foreword to the book.
0: Ah.
1: And he wrote it in the book. And he did the actual recording of the foreword in the audiobook version as well.
0: Oh, there's an audio version? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good to know. very,
1: very cool. I did the reading myself oh, because I cool. knew exactly how I wanted those notes to be ah. spoken. So I did the spoken word. Oh,
0: now I'm really interested <laughs> in hearing that.
1: And for all of the music aficionados out there, there's a rendition of a recording of Suicide is Painless.
0: Ah yes. by Loudon Wainwright the ah. third. <laughs> and actually a little trivia fact. Loudon's uh, sister or daughter? Um Uh, sloan wainwright used to do a show on our network here
1: interestingly enough yeah yeah. so it was mandel johnny mandel and mike altman and uh, tony Noe is the actual artist who did the uh recording in the audiobook Ah, and it's a wonderful rendition of it so it's another medium to hear the the
0: project uh,
1: um dr epstein of Oh, more than a decade ago, I had met a gentleman at a place of work. I was Mm -hmm. in corporate America. And this guy always looked so calm, cool, and collected. Mm -hmm. It was like, I used to say, What shrink are you going to? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been to everyone in the tri state area twice (laughs) going on round three. (laughs) You know, like, who is it? You know? Mm -hmm. And he was very kind of evasive, not Mm -hmm. uh, promoting anything. He said, oh, I take some classes with a doctor up on the Upper East Side. And I said, could I have his number, you know? Mm -hmm. And he gave me the number. And that number sat in my purse for over a year.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And finally, one day, nothing happens. amazing you didn't lose it (laughs) over
0: all that time, right?
1: (laughs) I'm very good with stuff like that. Ah. One fine day, I made the call. And I never looked back. Ah. I went in to see him. I actually, interestingly enough, I had a fear of flying alone It was something that um, was really inhibiting me from freedom. Mm -hmm. And since I'm a double Sagittarian, my (laughs) nature is to be free and not being able to fly alone or having a fear of doing something like that was something quite awkward for me and very repressive. Mm -hmm. So I went there and within a session, okay, Mm -hmm. not 20 years or 30 years or 40 Mm -hmm. years, within a session or two, I was packed my bags and off to Paris Wow yeah and never look back from that so Wonderful. I found his work a synthesis of very interesting and intellectual and emotional a potpourri of work that just resonated with me mm. and I stuck with it you know I, I see. really dug deep. And his work, uh, Dr. Epstein is actually a psychoanalyst Mm -hmm. and a medical doctor by trade. And in 1974, uh, came back from Israel when he met his teacher, deceased Colette Avokir Muscat. And she's also mentioned in the book. And after a nine-year apprenticeship with her, he came back to the States. And Ah. he completely made a 180 and started treating the human condition in a new way. Mm. With mental imagery,
2: oh, okay. so
1: interestingly enough, I still study with him. And basically, I would say this book, in all due respect, is an homage to the work. Oh,
0: yeah, okay.
1: so um, that's so, so, that's the story with that. So, so
0: let me ask you: Was there was it just sort of a buildup of of things that you were feeling that got you to say I need to write a book about this or was there a specific incident that kind of like was the spark or the trigger that said I've got to put this on paper. I've got to really get this out somehow.
1: I think that's a really cool question and mm. the reason it's a really cool question is because you're going to write a really cool answer. Oh,
0: okay, good. We <laughs> like that. I
1: don't think it's me per se. Okay. I think it is life, okay? Ah, yes. Suffering... In my observation, is inherent to this human condition. You're born mm. into it. Mm-hmm. There's n- that's no what, way that's out. That's what the from Buddha the says. Life
0: is suffering, right? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, suffering in a way. I think they say, dukkha I don't come from the eastern, mm-hmm. you know, um, spirituality. I come mm-hmm. from Western. Although mm-hmm. east, west, north, south, it all comes together. It's yeah. all roads lead to Rome. You right. can take this from any discipline, and basically, the past is dead, buried, gone. Mm-hmm. The future are stories of things that do not exist, mm-hmm. and I'm no medical doctor, just a regular gal who wrote a book, mm-hmm. but I would say taken to the nth degree, you could look at it and say, making up these stories, you can get into a schizophrenic or possibly psychosis. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to stay in the center of right. balance and in the moment, right. and I say, from my observation and my life experience, that it's the most difficult thing, or one of the most difficult things to do Mm. as evidenced by the epidemic proportion um, of suicide yes it's just rampant. I mean, and if you would understand the statistics, I've done a lot of homework on this, Mm -hmm. of the demographics of suicide. Mm -hmm. You're talking about children, 10 to 13, 13 to 15. I mean, you say to yourself, what on earth?
0: Yeah, I think I remember hearing something that, like, the the rate of suicide, uh, teenage suicide, is like, increased dramatically over the last 10, 15 years.
1: It's uh, in the book, actually, the audio book I believe had it every 14 uh, 14 minutes someone uh-huh. is you know committing suicide Sorry, right. and uh, the written word the text was written a little bit later and it was every 12 And when you look at your clock, I mean, it's a fascinating situation. Just watch a clock and say 14, 12 minutes. Let's break it down and say 13 minutes. Mm. Someone is killing themselves. And this is something that is just jaw dropping. I mean, it's almost it's not almost to me. It's an inconceivable Process. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know. In the book, I actually wrote um, a, a quote, uh, you know, that I had permission to put in there mm-hmm. from Albert Camus. And mm-hmm. I don't know if your audience is familiar, mm-hmm. Hopefully but they are. Albert Camus is. Just I'll brush over it. Is was a French philosopher and a writer. Mm-hmm. And in the myth of Sisyphus, he based this quote on a Greek mythological figure Mm -hmm. pushing a boulder up Up and up and up over the hill correct and only to no avail the the boulder would get to the top and come crashing back down on him and you know the question then becomes is life more Mm than pushing a boulder up a hill. Mm -hmm. What is this life? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose? Mm -hmm. Most people would say the purpose is to be non-disturbed. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? It's not.
0: (laughs) You are brought into this life to be disturbed. Absolutely.
1: And it's your job or it's all of our jobs. You know, it becomes a job. Unfortunately, it's not just a given. Mm -hmm. To find a way... Out mm. and find a way out that is productive and not destructive. Right. And there is such a way. And your quotes at the beginning of our conversation to me are so profound mm-hmm. because you spoke of choice, yes. and my teacher, Dr. Epstein, would always, you know, state from Deuteronomy, I think it was 3019. Every moment, God, source, whatever the universal whatever force, word you whatever use, word yeah. you'd like to use sets before you life, death, good, evil, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Mm. And that's a choice that all of us do have. But somewhere along the line, that becomes a bit cloudy to most. Mm. And again, I say it by the epidemic proportion of what the societal structure is dealing with at this point in time.
0: Right, Right. but what, like... what was like the trigger that said I got a I got to write something about this.
1: I would say that I had about a decade worth of <laughs> misery. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that'll do it. Sure. It well, I mean, a minute worth of misery. I'll sometimes do it, right, but this was right. an elongated period. Of, so it was more
0: like a, a buildup. Uh, yeah. Of, you
1: know, family, familial, you know, issues, Right. a father, you know, a uh, deceased mm-hmm. and going through an ill, you know, quite an illness. Prolonged illness. And then, you know, the prolonged illness, I had a sister. I'm the youngest of three daughters. Ah. uh, And the middle one, may she rest in peace, is deceased. Ah, So that came after. And then my mom. So it was... A 10-year period of a lot of stuff going on that I think really might have agitated and brought to the surface, you know, something that just came out in the medium of pen to paper.
0: Gotcha. So again... Had you you ever written anything before?
1: I've always... I mean, I'm an artist by trade. I've gotten myself into corporate America, but always handled (laughs) it very artistically. You know, I used to teach everyone why, you know, Thoreau went into the woods of Walden for two years and quoted (laughs) biblical scripture, and somehow the business did follow. But, you know, it was kind of... Something that I've always done, whether it was Mm. painting, I was in the entertainment industry for a while and managed the career of an artist. Oh, So the writing was very natural to me. It was almost like Bob Dylan, I think, and I paraphrase here. Uh. He wrote the words because they needed to be she said, said. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I felt that this needed to be out there
0: okay so just real quickly before we go to our next break the tone of your book is not the kind of tone you would expect from a book about suicide why did you choose to take uh, shall I say a more light-hearted approach to it
1: I think that everything has an opposite, Sam. Ah. I think that life is opposite. Okay. You have cold, you wouldn't know hot. Hot, If you had uh, um, light, you wouldn't know dark. Mm -hmm. So if you just reverse that, you know, coming from a period of darkness, you Mm -hmm. know just by the mere virtue of the fact that there is an opposite to everything, right. that there is light. Right. And sometimes you just need to go through that period of darkness mm. to find that spark of light that might change everything with the twinkling of an right. eye. Right. And that's why it's not to give up.
0: Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, great. So uh, let us take our, our break. And when we come back, let's just talk about, mm, you know, your intention behind the book and what. You're hoping the reader will take away from Another this book. great
1: conversation.
0: So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And if you want to join the conversation, the call in number is 877 480 4120. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the no 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. The earth to to resist the past.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with Adele Paula Royce about her book, The Little Black Book of Suicide Notes. How did you choose the title?
1: It just came to me instantaneously. Mm -hmm. I was actually in class. With my teacher, he gives classes, mm-hmm. and this was in the works uh, oh about five years, oh, and okay. maybe lifetimes before that. Yeah. But yes. one day I walked into class and I said, "You know something?" And it was during that period <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, and I said, "I'm writing a book, and mm-hmm. it's going to be called The Little Black Book of Suicide Notes." Mm-hmm. They have a little black book for everything. <laughs> Why not this?
0: <laughs> it just like came that. to me, I and like it that. stuck. That's good. That's good. That's being open to the life. What life uh, brings to you. Huh? Yes. <laughs> um, so since this is semi-fictional, have you actually contemplated suicide in your life?
1: No. I would say that okay. it wasn't a contemplation. Mm-hmm. I think it was a thought that comes and goes and possibly with Mm. many people I think when you get to a part of your life or to a point in your life when Mm. there is that period of darkness you begin to question things Mm. you begin to question Camus question is life worth living what am I doing here you know and I think that a lot of it does come down to what my teacher would always make reference to the false state of emergency Mm. and I think this is a really important topic to bring out to the world and the audience. Uh, You know, he would always say that, and I'll explain what that is, that a false state of emergency is reacting to something that you might be feeling, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, a true state of emergency might be if someone were holding a gun to your head, immediately ready to pull that trigger.
0: Right, yeah. I had um, once on my show a couple of women who were therapists who also did brain research, and they said that, you know, we get under stress so much physically because we constantly react like everything is a life or death situation. Right. Because that's how we're trained, sort of evolutionarily, coming out of the jungles and the plains, that, you know, you heard a twig snap in the forest that could be a tiger about ready to eat you. So everything was a life or death situation. So when, we, when we're like going on the subway and someone pushes us into the subway car, it's a life or death situation unconsciously in our brain. But they're not really. And once we start to get that, like, is this a life or death situation? I'm taking this as what you're saying. Right. It's not.
1: That's right. It might feel very real to the person experiencing right. it,
0: right.
1: You know, but it's not by any means true. Right. So we get ourselves into these false states of emergency, and to your mm-hmm. point when you were doing your quotes, it's your reaction to something. Yes. Yes, I mean, you exactly. take Dr. Viktor Frankl, yes. okay? Was in the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would say and again paraphrase, the only thing that his captors could not take from him was his internal freedom. freedom right. That's not something you can surgically remove from somebody.
2: Right, right. So
1: it's your internal state, and that's why, once again, what you said was very poignantly stated. It's an inside job. Right. You need to look inward. The right. outside world is not going to give you right. what you need. Right. It might give you some physical pleasure. Mm-hmm. It might give you some energy. Economic pleasure, mm-hmm. it might give you a potpourri of lots mm-hmm. of different stuff, mm-hmm. but it's the peace of mind that is not going to come from the outside.
0: Right, right.
1: Interesting. And
0: and, and, and to that, uh, I actually I was had a conversation with a friend who's also a spiritual teacher, and he was talking about he he read about. Um, one of these early neuroscientists who who would, um, you know, do experiments where they would stimulate different regions of the brain and he could, like, cause somebody to laugh uncontrollably, Uh to cry, to taste something salty in their mouth, taste something sweet. But he said the one thing he could not do is make somebody want to cry or want to laugh. And so his conclusion through all his research is that the mind is not actually located in the brain. <laughs> you know, so it's the same kind of thing.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh,
0: um, so when you started to to write this book, now you said it was like a five-year journey, a six-year journey, something uh, like that?
1: Yeah, and again, I say lifetimes before that, everything started really funneling through and being channeled, and it just started coming out.
0: Right, right. So... When you started it, did you sort of uh, have one idea about the book that mm-hmm. sort of changed and morphed over the time until you finished it? Or or did you kind of start and end uh, kind of basically where you wanted it?
1: That's a really great question. That really is. And what I could say about that is, interestingly enough, you start writing, you start a process and it starts to morph, to your point, mm-hmm. into many different areas. Mm-hmm. The way it morphed for me mm-hmm. was the vulnerability mm-hmm. of, as I was writing this, how much of that truth was being chipped away inside of myself mm. and how much of that protagonist was actually being created
2: uh-huh. what was that
1: fine line what was that demarcation point point? Uh-huh. and as i started writing a little bit of that truth little by little step by step started to come out
0: C- kind of like Michelangelo car- carving carving David, the
1: angel you know, right out of right. the stone. It <laughs> was
0: always there. He just had to reveal. That's it. That's right. Interesting. Interestingly
1: enough, I used one of those quotes on my Facebook posts, ah. and I thought it was so beautiful. And I think it was I carved and carved until I saw the angel. angel yeah. yeah, it was always there. Yeah, that's it was right. always
0: there. Right, right. So, so what was your what's your intention behind this book? What are you hoping people will get from it after they read it?
1: Hope. It's a book of hope. It's a book of obviously the intention is for people to homeopathically, was the intention. Mm. I felt that homeopathically, like cures, like. If you're allergic to a substance, one time I went to a homeopathic doctor and he found out I was allergic to, say, an egg. What they would do, they would find a tincture and you would take it sublingually for X amount of time and after a while you would no longer be allergic to the substance. In essence, that's what this book is. Mm. It's like Cures Like. It's in a way misery likes company. Mm -hmm. I don't mean it in the sense that misery (laughs) really likes company, but in the sense... <laughs> okay, but in the same way that beautiful poetry can express yeah. that you know why do people I mean people write from pain beautiful arts created from mm. pain look at you know Pollock or Van Gogh or any great music if you really read the lyrics and get into the vibration of what's being mm. said yeah. I mean Mozart you know Beethoven yeah. there is an element a degree of pain even in the vibration Maybe not the written text or the paint, but there is a degree of pain that comes with beauty.
0: Hmm. Have you ever lost anybody to suicide? Do you know anybody, a friend, a I personally
1: do not, Ah. but I've been having conversations, Sam, doing these radio broadcasts, Mm -hmm. and my world is just opening up to an entirely new arena of people who have been telling me I was interviewed by a woman whose mother committed suicide. Oh, wow. And then I started doing more and more research, and I was watching, it might have even been a TED Talk at one point, mm-hmm. a woman, you know, people were saying, well, what about all of the people on a negative aspect? Mm-hmm. You know, it's very selfish to do this when you leave people behind, mm-hmm. you know, that's a selfish thing to do to to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And I started researching that, and I found a woman who gave a talk, and her son was actually one of the shooters and one of the people that then killed themselves in Columbine. Oh. And the story was, the, you know, the expose that she was uh-huh. talking about was her experience as the mother of mm-hmm. this son mm-hmm. and what she experienced from society... And how they viewed her uh, after that. uh, So it's not necessarily that it's a selfish act on the part of the person that's doing this. I uh, mean, but it's the people that are left behind, not necessarily mm -hmm. have the same experience. Right. By right. me, a virtue of what that woman experienced.
0: Right, right. Oh, that's fascinating. That's it really It certainly
1: is a fascinating story.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually... I had a very good friend of mine. He was probably my best friend back in junior high school. And high school ended up committing suicide about um, six years ago, seven years ago. Wow. And it turns out, like I found out from his brother after he'd done it, that he'd been um, suffering from depression like most of his life. And it was such a shock to me because you know, he was married, he had a good marriage, he had two great sons, he had a successful business, you know, he had all the outward trappings right. of success, but obviously he must have been in so much pain uh, to end his own life. Um, do you have any advice for people who, let's say somebody confides in them that they're thinking about committing suicide? Like, what would you say to that friend who just found out, like, somebody's thinking of committing suicide? What would you say to them?
1: That's an interesting question, and the reason I'm saying that is because, again, I'm a regular gal yeah. and not a medical doctor, but yeah. there are hotlines, there are helplines, yeah. yeah. there are therapists, there are spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. There are so many places to reach out in yeah. an effort to try to grasp onto something for the hope. Yeah. And suicide comes from a sense of hopelessness. That yes. You don't think that there's anything yeah. beyond it, that it, state. No
0: way out. Exactly.
1: And to me, if you can just manage to hang on Mm. for that one instant, sometimes, like I said before, life could change with the twinkling of an eye. But there are different paths and different avenues to find some help out there uh, and I uh, certainly encourage it
0: yes absolutely uh, just really quickly before we go to break do you have any personal practices that you do that help you with dealing with pain and suffering that you find effective
1: yes I uh, follow Dr. Epstein's methodology uh-huh. and again he synthesizes different work into his imagery uh-huh. but it's mental imagery that mental I find imagery. the most okay. effective
0: all right all right. wonderful, wonderful. Well, believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. No, amazing. Yes, it's <laughs> things go by so fast when we have such interesting guests. Thank um, you. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit about. Um, You know the the what's coming the next two volumes, and we'll also leave people with where they can find the book and how they can get in touch with you and follow you on social media. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with author Adele Paula Royce, author of the book The Little Black Book of Suicide Notes, and we'll be right back.
3: You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com.
3: Hello, this is Mark Torres. And Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano. And listen to our show, It Came From the Radio, right here on talkradio.nyc. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk about entertainment, movies, comic books, and other news. So make sure you check us out. That's right here, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Wednesday, talkradio.nyc. Talkingalternative.com
0: back to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we've been speaking this hour with author adele paula royce author of the book the little black book of suicide notes um, since you're you're uh, kind of have this spiritual background or spiritual side to you and kabbalist practice do you believe in reincarnation
1: interestingly enough resurrection
0: resurrection yes ah, in what way
1: well in the way that i don't believe that we're coming back in another life form mm-hmm. i believe that we are being resurrected in spirit
0: ah you know i once asked a friend if they believed in reincarnation they said well i believe in recycling <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was that That's was a, a great, great way answer, to look yeah. at it yeah <laughs> um so so the um real quick before I want to ask you about the other two books that you have in the works but you, you have a lot of music references a lot of sort of pop culture references yeah. in your book why did you integrate those in because it makes it kind of it adds a certain flavor to it
1: well the flavor is vibrational the mm. bottom line you know it's an international language right people don't necessarily have to be on a certain page mentally or emotionally or spiritually it's just a vibration right, right. and it speaks to everyone and I happen to love music, you know, ah, and okay. I just wanted to carry it through into the book. And that's why I did the audiobook, actually, ah, because okay. it's really cool.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I want to really hear that. Okay. um So, what's the th- second and third book going to be ah, called? Do you know okay. yet? Okay.
1: Yes, I do. Ah. Yeah, they're in the works. <laughs> second book, The Little Black Book of Suicide notes from the beyond where we're all going to be taking a journey together in novel form Uh through the underworld and I'm going to be interviewing, well the protagonists. Mm Well, we'll be interviewing all of the famous and not so famous people like Hemingway, Van Gogh, the 27 Club, who died intentional deaths by their own hand and hear what these people had to say.
0: To interview Dr. Kevorkian too? Ah, <laughs> I actually mentioned him in the book. Oh, you did? Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. nope, okay so Note number 27. Do you know what title is for book number three yet?
1: Number three, yes. Coming back to life in a new way. Coming back to this mortal ah, coil.
0: Oh, okay. Yes.
1: And it's coming back From the underworld to what life is really all about, love.
0: Mm. Coming back
1: and finding out what we're really doing here.
0: Ah, interesting. You know, one of my quotes from uh, Mike Dooley in the Universe. Mike Dooley wrote a book. I forget the name of but What Dead People Want You to Know or something like that. <laughs> oh, a great time. So, to find out. So, so you, you probably would really <laughs> appreciate his book. Um, uh, how long? Uh, how much long do you think it's going to take you to get these next two books out? Well,
1: this book was just published a few right. months ago, okay. so it actually has a life of its own. It's like right. having a baby, yes. and you just kind of take your hands off it, yeah, protect yeah. it, but let it do its thing. <laughs> right. So the other one is in the works, uh, book two, and book three is in concept.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So it'll be a couple of years before they.
1: Well, a little shorter than that, hopefully. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'd like to get them out there as soon as possible. Okay,
0: so basically, you'll you'll be coming back here on the show like once a year or something. I (laughs) certainly hope before then. Before then, Um, what did you learn about yourself in writing the book?
1: Ah. I learned a lot. Mm. A lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Um, Probably the most important thing that I learned was that life is beautiful. And once you learn how this game of life is played, Mm -hmm. You can play it like a Stradivarius Mm -hmm. and play it well Mm -hmm. and really enjoy your moments here and realize how precious they are.
0: Mm -hmm. So someone picks up your book. They haven't heard an interview. They don't know what the book's about. They pick it up and they start reading. What do you really hope that they're going to come away with by the time they finish reading the book?
1: Sam, I really want them to come away with Hope! double exclamation point. Okay. It's, it's a journey of hope. It's okay. a journey of life to death to rebirth and coming out with a sense of hope that it is a beautiful life, to quote the movie. Mm, and it's yeah. a way to, you know, not to feel alone. Right. You know, that feeling of loneliness that people right. feel that they're just out there on a ledge by themselves. Dance, right. They're not. Right. They are not alone.
0: Right, 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 right. right. Um, do you feel that there are any situations where suicide is okay?
1: I feel that that 's a tough question
0: yeah. i i 'll answer you i 'll answer it from me so they make it I easier would for like you that. I, I I personally do think that there that there are not common but very uncommon situations where there is a sort of no way out situation that sometimes the best thing is to say i'm just done with this life and i want to move on and i'm thinking of you know and again i would never say this for a young person but for somebody who is older who's lived a long life and maybe they have some terrible disease and they're in pain all the time and there's just it's not going to get any better it's only going to get worse and they would rather leave while they still have their mental faculties around them um i could also see someone doing it just in an extreme example in time of war you're you know you're captured you know these guys are just going to torture you and try and get as much information out of you you don't want to endanger your comrades who might be somewhere nearby and you don't want a chance giving it up and Mm -hmm. you would rather sacrifice yourself than give them up things like that i feel can be apropos but It's something I feel is very individual to a particular situation.
1: I'm glad you answered that because the jury's still out for me on that. Uh. I mean, I would say never to sacrifice yourself, as my teacher would say, on the altar of another person's needs. Mm -hmm. But there's also the idea that, as I say, you never know from nanosecond to nanosecond... What that ne- next nanosecond might bring. bring
0: yes, it's very true.
1: So it's a tough question, and I'm glad I really didn't have to answer it other than <laughs> the way I answered it. <laughs> <laughs> very
0: good, very good. So, um, uh, uh, did you, uh, I'm just curious, because you, since you're an artist, did you uh, do the book cover?
1: No, actually. The initial drawing was in charcoal, done by uh. a very talented artist by the name of Vincent Noy, uh-huh. And the graphic designer uh, then layered it and made it into the cover. And that was Maggie Stevens. Uh. And the photography was done by a very dear friend of mine, Caroline Erickson.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, so it does take a village to birth a book. Yes,
1: huh? it Certainly does. Um,
0: since the book has been out a few months already, what kinds of reactions have you gotten from it? I mean, uh, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of accolades for it, yes. but have have you found anybody kind of misunderstanding the book?
1: So far, one person. Well,
0: only one person. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I've met a lot and uh, spoken to a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah there was actually um, one interview mm-hmm. that was a bit. Um, on the edge. Uh, and I think the most important thing is you really need to get a project like this, mm-hmm. or else you're kind of on another wavelength. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know if it's my job to convince anyone. Right, right. I think it's, you know, left up to interpretation. And sometimes the energies just don't mesh. Right. So I right. would say so far, one person.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you, 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 it that, happens. It's actually, they say, if you, if you you haven't um, upset somebody then you're not really doing good work No, oh, okay uh, there you, you know, go i'm exonerated yes you are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So um where can people find the book now that it's out?
1: It's actually on Amazon and mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, uh iTunes for you know as the well audio for the book. audiobook. And it's under Adelepaularoyce.com.
0: Okay. And the
1: Facebook page is Adele Paula Royce. So it's okay. all under the name. It's very simple.
0: And that's spelled A-D-E-L-E uh Paula P A U L A R O Y C E. Correct. Um After these next two books, what's next for Adele Polo-Royce?
1: I'd be futurizing. <laughs> mm, okay. Making up stories of things that don't exist. Yeah, I right, don't know. Absolutely. I really don't know right now.
0: So so you mentioned like a TED Talks before. Do you think you'll do a TED Talk on this?
1: That sounds pretty cool, actually.
0: Yeah, you know, they have TEDx. I did a TEDx talk uh, last year, so I highly recommend, you know, you start with just doing a TEDx talk. They're easier to get into, though it does nice. take a little bit to do it. But I think this is a it's a very important topic, and you have a very unique take on it, so I think it... People especially in terms of a presentation and an audio presentation I think people would be more attuned to listening to it.
1: That sounds like great advice thank you. Yeah,
0: You're welcome, you're welcome well thank you so much for taking time out. Uh, Uh, Are you a
1: native New Yorker? Yes I am. All
0: right. I met the other one (laughs) because uh, whenever I go anywhere I'm like the only native New Yorker around so it's nice to know there's one other. An
1: old Brooklyn gal. right. I'm a Bronx boy myself
0: but that's okay.
1: And (laughs) I wanted to thank you very very much for the time to bring this out to the world oh,
0: you're welcome you're welcome thank you so much thank Adele. you all right wonderful and um I just want a a big shout-out to all of my peeps on the Facebook live stream. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us later in the the show. Um, Of course, we'll have uh, another show. Now, next week, it is 4th of July, so there are no shows on Tuesday next week. But, yes, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we will be having shows next week. Um, My guest next week, um, you're going to have to sign up for the newsletter to find out because I never remember these things because I have it in my calendar, so I don't have to remember. So make sure you go to talk talkradio.nyc scroll down sign up for the newsletter let you know all about upcoming guests on my shows and what the other shows are about and local events and so you can prepare yourself for when we have interesting guests like we had today with Adele so thank you all for listening have a wonderful fourth of July holiday and we will talk to you next week
3: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your
3: following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow me Friday. Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital
2: connectors. connectors. Woo woo! What's
3: that? <laughs> <laughs> hey all you crazy
0: listeners. That's the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon, on talkradio.nyc.
3: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.